freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 250 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our show today is Virtual 2A DC Rally. And our guest is Rob Pincus. Rob is a professional trainer and author. He is also the, he's on the board of the 2AO.org and Walk the Talk America. And in addition to all of the business-related hats that Rob wears, for two years running, he has been an instrumental in organizing the first of its kind, second Second Amendment rally on the lawn of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks. It is, uh, it's a mouthful. There's there's a lot going on. T-A-O-A-M-Q-R. Cheryl (laughs) does that to trick me. I, uh, well, I I understand. I understand. She's got to keep you, keep you sharp though, right? I mean, can't, can't let you get bored. No, that is true. And you're a busy guy. So it is a mouthful. It's a lot to do. Um, But I am so excited to talk about this year's rally because last year it was the, we didn't know if it was a one and done or if it was an inaugural. And now obviously it was an inaugural. So bring us up to speed. Where are we at with, with this year's? Yeah. So last year's DC rally really was put together at the last minute. It, it had a few things that were, I think, pretty unique about it. And, and one of those unique things was that we did intend to not make it an annual event. The idea of the organizing committee last year was to do a truly grassroots, very diverse representation of the American gun owner and, and diversity of thought more than um, you know, what, I, what I sometimes refer to as superficial diversity. Not just you know uh, one of every you know creed, color, belief, demographic, whatever, but honestly, different thoughts um, under the idea that the Second Amendment protects individual gun rights in the U.S. and that's important. And the theme that really evolved was was celebrate and defend. Uh, Thirty different speakers took that stage and they they celebrated. They explained why the Second Amendment was important to them. They talked about why it was important to their families, what they loved about gun rights and the Second Amendment, and whether it was sport shooting or the confidence that comes from being able to defend yourself or those you care about. And then, of course, we talked about why it was important to defend those rights and how a lot of the people are working to defend those rights. The, the thing that, you know, uh, Diana Muller always says, you know, hashtag doing something, the DC project motto, you know, the gun community is doing something, not just to defend our rights, but to, to make gun owners more responsible, safer, um, protect children, protect our families, protect, you know, everyone in our country, and, and ultimately protect our country with the rights that are protected by the Second Amendment. 
So while we set it up last year to be one and done, um, you know, of course, it was really important that all of the money that was contributed to fund it um, was anonymous. There was no sponsoring organization. There was no sponsoring uh, company. There were no banners. There was no advertising. All of the speakers got themselves there. There was no funding for speakers uh, at all. There was no, you know, lodging or expenses paid. All of those things were really important to us. And of course, it was the, the largest at the time. As far as we know, it was the largest to a rally that has ever taken place, certainly in Washington, D.C. And that was really important to us, too, because a lot of people said, well, it really can't be done uh, that way, or we don't do that. We don't do rallies in D.C. There are a lot of people in the gun community who said, well, we don't, we don't want to go if we can't carry guns. What's the point? Um, I, I think the point was made. It was a perfect day. You know, obviously, you, know, you participated, and we're one of our, our 30 speakers. Did a great job sharing what you think is important about the rights that are protected by the Second Amendment. And it was, it was great feedback. It was great uh, sharing. You know, Breitbart did a live stream. So many venues, so many media outlets in the gun community did at least portions of it. All of the speakers shared their videos. We got such great feedback that it really did seem a shame to not carry that on in some way. Um, so the, the organizing committee from last year sort of sort of broke up and we got rid of the email list. We did all the things we said we were going to do. And then the pieces were sort of there and the opportunity was there. And uh, I raised my hand, Jeff Knox raised his hand, several people raised their hands, the speakers um, raised their hands and said, yeah, we want to do it again. Um, so, so I, once again, am serving on that committee. You have recently joined the committee also, the organizing committee, which we greatly appreciate. Your enthusiasm has already been, just in the last couple of weeks, a, a great blessing to us. And, and the direction that you add and the energy you add is, has been awesome. Uh, Diana Muller is another person who's been very public about her involvement. And Chris Chang. There are still other people who are working in the background to make sure that this goes off. And obviously what we're talking about today is the announcement we made about two weeks ago that the rally will be virtual now. And that is uh, because of a change on the Capitol grounds moving forward. All permits indefinitely are limited to 50 people. I had a very difficult conversation just uh, about a week before we made the public announcement with the Capitol Police. Uh, they were very sympathetic to the, the change. This is not something that's being done to us. It's not something that's being done against gun owners or gun rights. It is a, a grounds-wide policy. Um, of course, it's the Capitol ground. It's not Washington, D.C., which is technically still under a state of emergency. It's not the National Mall, which is controlled by the Park Service. So our permit is limited in a way that makes it untenable to try to do any kind of a rally there. Um, luckily, uh, you know, people have gotten really used to in 2020 virtual meetings and virtual speeches and virtual events. So we're doing a virtual rally, as, as obviously you guys know, um, and probably people listening by now have heard that news. But, um, you know, I think it's important to be able to answer any questions people have about why um, very clearly and, and how and what we're going to do. And some of those details are still being worked out, but it's all about, you know, communicating and getting everybody excited about the opportunity to share the messages from the speakers, just like they would have if we had 10,000 people at the Capitol building, except now, honestly, I think in some ways, some of those speeches are going to be clearer. The audio video production is going to be higher quality. And really it's going to let those speakers, especially those who have never spoken in front of 10,000 people before, uh, focus on delivering their message. So, so we're going we're gonna to absolutely still get those messages out, and that's what's important. And Rob, too, it's also going to be important because it's going to be forever. Mm -hmm. It'll be on the internet for people to review forever. Mm -hmm. It and will sure be, and it'll be very easy to keep it, you know, clean and keep it uh, sharp, I think maybe it would be the word that I was used. Whereas, you know, the audience might uh, yell something out, the audience claps, the wind noise, the sun. Last year, we got so lucky with the weather 
you know, you're always rolling the dice for that kind of event. So, so there are definitely upsides. I, I don't want to, you know, actually this is something Cheryl and I have talked about. It, it's, it's, we don't want to make it sound like we're not disappointed. Obviously we would love to be there with thousands and thousands of American gun owners and still share those messages. But there are definitely some things that we can point to the virtual rally as being a little bit easier and maybe in some ways for, for posterity a little bit better. Absolutely. There is no substitute to being uh, physically together, the conversations that just organically happen, the, the, oh, hey, by the way, I want to introduce you to this person, making those kind of connections. Nothing uh, is, is ever going to be as rich as that experience. But, you know, what, what were our options? Throw our hands up and go, oh, well, we're not going to try. Oh, I don't think any of us are built of that stuff. So. Not at all. And, and, you know, the obvious questions that people had, why not just show up anyway? I think mm. it's really important to understand how we came to this decision. And, and you, were, you were involved in these conversations, but people should know that it, this was not a decision that was made lightly. It wasn't just, oh, okay, never mind. We won't do it. Uh, everything from canceling the event because it won't have that in-person energy all the way to encouraging thousands of American gun owners to show up anyway. Um, those things all were discussed, obviously. And, and at the end of the day, while there's an emotional, we should just show up anyway kind of thing that I know is there and I feel it too, the reality is that makes the protest a, a First Amendment protest, essentially. It, now we're protesting about the restriction of our right to assemble. That's going to be the focus. That's going to be the headline. That's essentially, you know, I mean, it was not going to take them long to see that there's more than 50 people there and essentially come in and shut us down. And now we might not be able to, to deliver those messages and not being able to deliver those messages would really be the tragedy, right? Not, yeah. not being, they, they, not gathering is bad, but not delivering the messages would be the real failure. So by, if we, if we did say show up anyway and make the protest about the first amendment, we're missing the point. Our mission is the Second Amendment. Those messages are important, and we're going to get those messages out. That has to be our focus, not the emotional, you know, frustration at not being able to show up. Right, and most, of, I would say a majority of uh, gun owners are uh, law-abiding and rule-abiding people. They're not going to want to come to break the rules knowing that, hey, you get over 50 people, okay, they're going to shut us down. But we'll, you know, I don't know. I just well, and it's a it's a public place, right? The lawn. So if you really, really, one of our listeners really, really passionate about being there on the day and experiencing it in real time on the day from that place, awesome. Just take your smartphone with you because the rest of us are going to be doing it virtually, and you'll still get to be standing on on the Capitol lawn, right? So everybody wins. <laughs> yeah, it's it, you know I I think honestly where where really. I, I think we're going to see some people uh, who are going to be traveling there on their own. Obviously, they're going to be taking their selfies. They're going to be taking pictures. Now, I feel like last year, for me, it was incredibly important. Now, I don't know if you had ever spoken at the Capitol before. I had never done that, right? So to be on a stage at our nation's Capitol, on the property of the, the Capitol building, and have that image and that, that, that still picture, right? That is, and I think it's still my Facebook profile picture. It's, it's, that's really special and important. And, and I just, the committee, I know all of us, we wanted to be able to, to give that opportunity to some really great leaders and thought leaders in the Second Amendment community this year. And it won't surprise me if some of them say, you know what, I had my play, I might show up anyway to yeah. take my selfie and, and you know, deliver my speech to camera in front of the building and, and, and really get some of that. It's not the same without the crowd, but you know, I, I'm expecting it 2021. 
you know, I'll secure that permit as soon as we can and, and we'll move forward uh, with 2021, hopefully again, tens of thousands. If we saw what happened, you know, you had a, a two-way rally in Arizona that you guys hosted. We saw the, the, you know, depending on whose numbers you use, you know, in excess of 30, 40,000 people show up in Richmond, Virginia, definitely the largest Second Amendment rally that now has ever occurred. Um, I, I think we could do some big things. Um, this year, between Corona, between civil unrest, uh, the state of emergency, it is still in, in effect in Washington, D.C. The fact that we had already moved locations on the Capitol grounds once because of inaugural concerns and preparations they're doing on the grounds there. Um, it, it was, it was, there were going to be some logistical issues. And, and the worst thing that would happen would be as we get closer to the election, there is some of the very high level civil unrest and violence and rioting and looting and arson that we've seen in, in many major cities. Not as bad uh, in Washington, D.C. as a lot of other cities, but three weeks before the election, two weeks before the election, it was going to be a dicey time to go in and to ask American gun owners not to carry guns. Because again, to your point, Dan, complying with the law as it stands now so that we can protest the law and try to fight the law, it was, it was always in the back of our minds that, you know, is this even the right thing to do in 2020? As it was, the, the Capitol Police and, and the authorities there have kind of made the decision easy for us to go virtual. But those questions have asked for, for months now. Yeah. Well, I just like the idea that people can go and view that at any time. And, and plus, it's clear they're in the comfort of their own home. Yes, there is a magic to being out there. I've, I've been with Cheryl when she's done that. And there is a uh, energy that you can't describe, but you can't hear every word that's coming out of their mouth. Yeah. Right. Because you've right. got either protesters behind you or you got somebody talking to you. Yeah. So we're, you're going to be able to get the point across much better this way. So we were talking yesterday uh, offline, uh, Rob, that that it's it's a silver lining, right? We're taking a silver mm -hmm. lining approach, doing the best we can with what we have, um, being proactive problem solvers. And I, I think it's going to be, I don't want it to be forever. I know you don't want it to be forever. We want to see each other in person and, and uh, we want to be on that Capitol lawn. Uh, there is something just so amazing about, about being in that place, in that historic place and, and continuing to do the work that was put into place, you know, by our founding fathers through our constitution, our bill of rights. So um, very, very cool. So um, your speakers list, I don't know if you're ready to, to tell folks who the speakers are, because I know that's one of those things that you work very, very hard on. The organization committee works very hard on, um, and you like to kind of give a few names at a time. It also helps build some drama. It's kind of a fun way to do it. Um, but the names themselves might even tell us the diversity of topics uh, if people happen to know who the speakers, uh, you know, what, what work they do. But whether you want to share the names or whether you want to talk about the, the diversity and topics that you have lined up, what, what can you give us? Can a little, a little peek behind the curtain? So some of those, some of those uh, speakers have been announced, obviously, right? So, so, you know, we know who's going to be hosting it, right? It'll be me, you, uh, Chris Chang and Diana Muller will be doing a live broadcast hosting um, later in the day. The exact times are going to be set. I think we're talking about 4 to 7 p.m. right now, uh, East Coast time is, is what we have uh, in mind. Um, it'll be, again, about three hours worth of speakers. It'll be 30 speakers uh, in total. Um, some of the ones that have been announced are, are Maj Ture, who was with us last year. 
uh, Jarrah Hutchins, who goes uh, by Clearing the Chamber, an instructor, very vocal, a proponent of gun rights in the state of Texas and starting to get on the national scene as an instructor. She's going to be there with us. Uh, Dana Loesch is, is obviously an incredibly well-known name. Um, she's been involved in the gun community and the conservative rights community uh, for a long time. Huge draw. Huge, very excited about having her involved this year. Uh, Sergeant Tim Peterson, um, who goes by Captain Sergeant Tim Peterson because he's a boat captain, um, he is a veteran uh, and he is a, a person with an incredibly uh, great story. It's an incredible Second Amendment story as a veteran, um, as someone who helps other veterans, very involved in the Second Amendment community. And he actually grew up in the neighborhood where we saw some of that violence and civil unrest, um, arson, looting going on in South Minneapolis. And uh, his story is just amazing, and especially how it relates to the way he thinks about the Second Amendment and the way he wishes that the Second Amendment uh, had, had really been more uh, enforced or, or protecting the rights more of the people in the community he grew up in. He believes that you know, uh, the problems there between the citizens and the police and the inner violence problems in those neighborhoods would not have existed. So he's going to be talking about that. I'm really excited about his speech. Um, Bree Warner, um, she goes by Tactical. Uh, NYC. Um, she is just just an amazing voice uh, of, of straddling that line. She is a police officer uh, as well as being a very strong Second Amendment rights advocate. Um, obviously, you know she she speaks as a as a powerful woman who who controls her own space, controls her own uh, ability to represent the Second Amendment community in a very unique way in the greater New York City region, which of course is also pretty unique to have somebody um, in that environment. Um, Alan Gottlieb uh, has agreed to speak, which is, which is amazing. You know, he's obviously one of the, the most respected people in the Second Amendment community, Second Amendment Foundation. Um, you guys know the work that they do in our courts. Um, he's been involved in this fight for four decades. And, and I, will, I will tell you, I, I haven't said this publicly yet. He was very, very, uh, he's, he's been a mentor of mine, right? He's somebody I look up to and he's, he's always, his advice is, is definitely taken to heart and, and very valued in my life, especially on the Second Amendment rights side of things. He was very, very cautious. Uh, he, was, he was reluctant to even really support the idea of the rally last year in 2019. He, he cautioned me, he said, you know, here's all the ways this can go wrong. I want to make sure you understand that, Rob, is, is that if, if your name or other people's names or the Second Amendment community's name is tarnished by this, here's all the potential pitfalls. And this is why Second Amendment Foundation hasn't done these kinds of things in the past. And I, and I took it to heart and, and we did adjust some things based on his recommendations. But he sat back in 2019 and just sort of watched. And he came to me after he did. He said, you know, you guys really pulled that off. Everybody involved, the speakers, that was great. And he is now going to be speaking this year, which is, which is really a great a compliment, I think, to everybody that was involved last year that he's now putting his name, the Second Amendment Foundation name, uh, you know, kind of stamp of approval on the event this way is, is a big deal. So um, Kevin Dixie is another one who's really mm -hmm. big into the civil rights world and, and gun rights world, sort of that overlap of his focus is on gun rights, but his message is so strong and powerful about civil rights in general and freedom and liberty in general and empowerment. Um, he'll be one of our speakers also. Uh, Amanda Suffolk, um, I on the Target Radio. People know her from uh, the, the Polite Society podcast as well. She's also involved in DC Project Foundation. Obviously, DC Project has a, has a strong showing in our rally again because there's just so many great women involved in it. 
Uh, people can go to check out the at 2A Rally feed at Instagram or the Rally for Your 2A Rights at Facebook. Obviously, they can find the links through me. They can find the links through you as well, I'm sure, uh, to, to find out more about the latest speakers. And we will continue to announce speakers over the time leading up to October 24th. Um, I do think it's fun to you know sort of see who else is going to be there and not to necessarily even form an opinion about all the all of the event because you don't have all of the speakers. You don't have all the pieces until that day because just like last year, we'll probably have one or two surprises as well. So awesome. Um, so I, I cannot wait for this to happen. And I'm so excited and honored to even have some small part in it. Um, but last year, let's lean into last year again for a minute. It was definitely a top of the mountain experience. And sometimes we have those and it's like, oh, that was amazing. And then we go back to real life and, you know, it, it kind of washes over us. But I know for a fact, and I want to ask you about some of the long lasting impacts that have come out of your efforts and the organization uh, committee's efforts from last year um, that we've seen this year. And, and I'll even say that our Arizona rally is an annual event that happened even before uh, the DC rally. But we went from like 400 people as our biggest uh, group to 3,500 people last year. I have to believe. Well, that was official that, though. <clears throat> the unofficial was the newspaper said like 300 people. No, they said dozens. <laughs> dozens. It was dozens. adorable. Yeah. Yeah. It was adorable. Yeah. Dozens. Um, but I have uh, to believe that uh, there was a, a, you know, correlation isn't causation, but there is definitely some correlation going on there. I, I like to think so. A, a lot of people have told us that, you know, even the Virginia rally, like that something kind of was sparked in the community. Like I said, some of the advice I got, and Alan wasn't the only one from a lot of people who've been involved in the community for a long time, you know, the true, true leaders over the last few decades, all said, you know, we don't really do that, Rob. That's not, you know, there's so many ways this can go wrong. Rallies aren't our thing. And, and of course, you know, some of it also is the, the kind of the zeitgeist, I think, the social angst that we have, the, the, the anxiety combined with passion, like the, the good passion, like people are proud to represent their views and proud to, to gather and, and speak out about them. And at the same time, people are, are very afraid and, and regardless of whether it's gun rights or other freedoms, people I think are afraid in our country about potentially losing rights uh, yeah. and, and seeing them eroded. So, so the fact that people are, are rallying more maybe, especially in, in an election year, leading up to an election year is one thing, but I have, I, I have every confidence that we have inspired people to sort of say, this can be done. You know, just, just do it. If, if, you, if you set it up the right way and you put the controls in place to avoid the, the, the anomalies as much as you can, and you accept the risk, I think you have to accept it might be bad weather. There might be protesters. There might be a bad actor amongst us who doesn't represent gun owners well. And, but, you know, it's still worth doing. You can't let fear, that, that anxiety of fear of failure, keep you from mm. trying and, and you, know, you have to kind of say yes mm. well, well i think too that. people still talk about the rally that we had in arizona and sometimes they may put it a, out of their mind for a second but then when something comes up then they remember and it gives them that extra push of strength to to help so i i think it's all good you know? well for sure and i know that there is a uh, a newlywed couple it was so cute they they told their family that uh, we're going to Vegas for our, our uh, honeymoon. Well, they went to Vegas to attend SHOT Show, but they couldn't yeah. tell their family <laughs> that they were going to SHOT Show. 
Um, but this uh, newlywed Latino couple, Latina locked and loaded in the Puerto Rican uh, Pistolero, they have become advocates. And when I asked them about it, they cited the last year's DC Second Amendment rally that inspired them to have a voice. Yeah, it really, that's probably, I mean, if you want to just point at one very specific, very obvious, you know, outgrowth of the rally, it is what they've done. And, and you know, uh, Rolo had, had started being more vocal and certainly, you know, he raised his hands that I want to go and anything we can do to help promote. And he was already before the rally becoming a presence, you know, wanting to be present in the community, absolutely 100% for sure, and his wife as well. Um, the, the, when they showed up at the rally, you saw the energy that they had, and, and you saw the way they interacted with the speakers. They, they, you know, were shaking hands and taking selfies and, you know, putting out their name, and here's my Instagram, and I follow you, and they were so excited to be there that I'm incredibly proud that the, the rally push them maybe a little bit further, but they were, they were on that path anyway. It's, it's great that they cite the rally and I know they made a lot of great connections there. Um, that's what I think, you know, we said last year was even if it was, I think the official number was around 2000. I, I, I think the number again, people, it was three and a half hours long. People came and went, you know, people were off to the side, people were in the shade, but whatever it was, if it was only a thousand people, and we created a thousand ambassadors who were more excited and more empowered and more inspired from being there. And then the millions of people now that have seen the speeches, social media and through Breitbart, through other news media, NPR did a great story on it. Uh, just recently, as recently as, as um, August, a story from uh, the Voice of America came out that featured the rally. And it was their first story. And it was, you know, 10 months after the rally. But that it will continue to have those repercussions and those ripples. And, and as you said, Dan, people will think, oh, well, I remember somebody said something at that rally. Or remember when they did that rally in front of the Capitol that year, the first one or whatever, there, there are going to be moments that, that stand out there for sure. Right. And they have conversation with their next door neighbors too. And that's important. Mm. Those are the important mm -hmm. ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. Grassroots stuff for sure. Yeah. Uh, one more that I, 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 think I know was inspired by the, the last year's DC rally. There's a, a gentleman online, he goes by Live for Freedom. And uh, after we did the DC rally, he said, you know what, I couldn't uh, be there. There's a lot of people that couldn't travel. So what if we did like a, a social media rally where on, and his idea was one particular day, and he tries to make it on a, a historic date. Uh, everybody will take a second and, and email or call their local um, uh, legislators mm -hmm. and just let them know, you know, listen, I'm, I'm one of your constituents. The Second Amendment's important to me. Uh, whether they're, you know, hey, you did a good job with a bill or please avoid this bill. Or if there's no bill going on, just, just to make a presence. Uh, and, and I think that was inspired by the, the work that was done in DC last year. And I, how can that be anything other than amazing? Yeah, it was awesome. He, he is, uh, I've talked to him a lot. He did a bunch of promotion for us. He, he really regretted that he couldn't make it to the rally. Um, we, we actually were talking uh, very recently about him potentially coming down and supporting again, right before we made the announcement that we aren't going to be there in person. Uh, but he did, did a great thing, I think, by sort of expanding the idea to, hey, everybody can be involved in this. There's only 30 people that are going to get on that stage. There's only so many thousands that are going to stand on that lawn. But literally every American gun owner can become an advocate and anybody on social media, you know, I mean, if you, if you multiply what you have three or four or five different, you know, Twitter, you have your YouTube, you have your Facebook, maybe your Facebook business page, and you have Instagram and Parler or whatever you've got, 
you times five, right, times the you that are millions of American gun owners is incredibly powerful. And, and here we are kind of full circle saying, you know what, we're, we're doing it kind of social media style as well this year. Uh, but, it, but he definitely, it was funny, when I first made the announcement a couple of weeks ago, I was really very specifically, you, know, you can only tag 20 people on an Instagram post, but the uh, 2A social media rally was definitely one of those 20 because they, they did pave some of this way that we're going to follow in this year. I love it. And he's an example of just a dude, right? Just yep. like Latina yep. locked and loaded in the Puerto Rican pistol era. They're just people, right? Danny and I, we're just people. You're just a guy who's a trainer. And then you realize, all of us realize that our founding fathers were just people too. And if they hadn't have made, you know, drawn a line in their own sand and said, okay, not one more inch. I, I've got to speak up. I've got to act. I've got to do something. Um, that's the stuff that we uh, come from. That's our inheritance. And so uh, I love that, you know, we don't have to sit back and get some kind of journal degree, uh, degree in journalism before we can have a podcast, or we have to, you know, have a, a degree in public speaking before we can stand on the Capitol lawn of our nation. We're just people uh, coming together and, and sharing a common purpose. And it's, to me, one of the most American, one of the most beautiful things uh, there could be. You know what you just did? You just got an idea in a congressperson yeah. to make it where you have to have a license oh, to get a podcast. <laughs> you just put that in their head. All right, we're going to delete that, that out. <laughs> the, it, but it really, it's so important that people understand that. And that to me, when I talk about thought diversity, when I talk about you know, more than just superficial diversity in the rally or, or anything we do, it's so important to remember that you can't, well, you have over 100 million American gun owners and a lot of new gun owners this year too added to those numbers. You can't, that, that can't be one demographic, that can't be one image, that can't be one philosophy. It can't be, you know, we can all say gun rights, but we all know that, that that gets interpreted very, very differently by a lot of people and what people celebrate about our gun rights and what people find most important to defend and the ways people want to defend them. And honestly, the ways people want to exercise our, their gun rights, there is so much diversity there and it's, it's deep rooted uh, and, and it's rooted in, you know, grassroots is what we say for a reason, right? It's not the grass. It's the roots. It's what's going on under the surface that really is driving the fact that over a third of Amer the American population is involved in gun ownership, right? That we have so many people, almost half of all Americans live in a household at one point in their lives where there's a gun present. Like th this, is, this is ubiquitous. And we need to get those messages out. We need to get those voices out. And many of the people that, that are, were on the stage last year and that will be a part of the broadcast this year, I think if you ask them you know, what they do, they wouldn't say, it's, it's easy to, to point at me and say, okay, I work in the gun industry. You guys work in the gun industry. There's a lot of people that are gonna be on that stage and, and in front of people sharing their message of, of the second amendment and gun rights and the pride they have in the gun rights community that they're part of that are not part of the gun industry. And there's a big difference between the gun industry and the gun community. And too often that gets lost somewhere, I think, in the, in the general population conversation. And, and again, that's another reason that the ambassadorship that people take on after hearing these speeches or after attending a rally or after listening to the podcast or attending one of my classes, when they become ambassadors and they get empowered with the idea that, yeah, I'm a, I'm a surgeon or I work at the grocery store or I sell cars or I'm a professional truck driver, but also I'm a gun rights advocate at the grassroots level. I think those things are really important. I couldn't agree more. Um, so just as we start wrapping up, there are 
millions upon millions of brand new first time ever gun owners out there. And I think a lot of them are probably having a little bit of an out of body experience because they're like, I, I can't believe I am now a gun owner. I would have never envisioned this happening. And now here's this thing, this rally, right? Uh, is it for me? If I'm that new gun owner, is this rally for me? Am I going to hear something that is everything going to go over my head? Is it going to be all technical and, you know, insider lingo or, or is this really for me? It, you know, it, it's a thousand percent for that person, probably more than any other event that, you know, I'm aware of on, on, especially on a national level, right? Uh, somebody actually said, you know, well, gun rights policy conference, which which we're you know proud supporters of, and I'm very involved in. You're very involved in the AMCON that's a, attached to the gun rights policy conference. Uh, some people said, well, gun rights policy conference is going virtual, so it's kind of the same thing, and it's only like a month and a half before. And I was like, you know, it, I don't know how familiar you are with gun rights policy conference, but that is right. It's like the person who would say that they are not the same. They're both, I think, incredibly important. I'm yes. really proud to contribute to gun rights policy conference, but gun rights policy conference really is. The, the much more that kind of internal speak lingo. Here's what's going on in my organization. Here's what's going on in the state. Here's where we need help. Here's what I think as someone who Second Amendment Foundation and Citizen uh, for the Right to Keep Them Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms. They've said we want you to to speak to our community, the leadership, the would be advocates, the people that want to get involved. And that's very very different than the rally. The rally to me is as much speaking to people outside of the gun community about what the gun community is as it is speaking to people who already own guns and are already passionate about it. So I think it's, people stand to benefit regardless of where they are on that spectrum. If somebody's skeptical of gun ownership, says, you know, I, even with all the things that are going on in 2020, I still am not comfortable being associated with them, that group. I don't want a gun in my house. I'll tell you what, you listen to these speakers, go back and listen to last year's speakers. Probably that person is going to have their mind blown by the, the thoughts and the, the, the characterizations that they had in their head that were wrong, right? And the, the, the ideas that they're exposed to, the philosophies, the life stories that they hear from that stage and they will hear again in 2020, I think a lot of those people will totally have that wake up moment of, oh, it, it, I thought gun people were all this, or I thought gun people were all that, and that's clearly not the case. Or I thought all gun people believed X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. and, and that's again, clearly not gonna be the case if they listen to our speakers. For the new gun owner, I think maybe one of the most powerful things will be having all of those stories in their head for when they're at that, you know, dinner party or at that school function or they're, you know, at church and, and somebody, you know, they're talking, they don't want to say, well, I'm, I'm a gun owner now, right? <laughs> because they aren't sure. Well, now they can say, I, I don't know if you guys are aware, but there are some amazing people that are interested in guns that are interested in defending our gun rights. And they're not who you think. Take a listen to this speech. And they might just pick out two or three, Right. I mean, some of us are, you know, the, the gray bearded, you know, older white guys like I get it like we'll be there, too. But at the same time, the, the ideas around gun ownership, I know even, you know, when I speak to people about how I believe it, uh, so much in the responsibility aspects and how we really need to do better inside of the gun community, to reduce negative outcomes, even saying that to someone who's not a gun owner. And they realize, again, I'm in the gun industry and I've been here for 20 years and I'm helping organize national rallies and I write books and I'm invited to speak on behalf of the gun community on the media and stuff like that. And yet I'm saying 
we need to do better to make sure that children aren't hurt because of uh, guns that are open to their access or people that aren't untrained, aren't running around in the streets with guns, not really being sure what to do with them or how to do anything well with them. Um, when they hear me say that, it, you see the change in expression, right? Because they expect pounding on the table shall not be infringed. And, and that, so the, the new gun owner is going to get those talking points. The new gun owner is going to get exposed to something other than what they might have heard before they were a gun owner, which is just, we want our guns no matter what, period. Yeah. Shall not be infringed, founding fathers, end of discussion. That's not the end of discussion, and our speakers make that very clear. Rob, I'm, I'm disappointed because I was going to put some impact uh, in, input in there, what you just said. You covered everything. You're right. Sorry. You're right. I agree that the, the, the people that don't like guns or on the fence on guns, it's the most educational thing that they can do. I mean, they're going to learn from this. Um, they're going to see the other side. Uh, there's so much. And you've covered every base of it. So now I can't speak. <laughs> I, I appreciate you reemphasizing my emphasis, Dan. Nice. Well, well played. <laughs> Good teamwork there. But no, you're right. There's so much nuance. There's so, so many different people. Uh, I met a lady at last year's SHOT Show, um, Chelsea Lyons. Uh, she's one of our guests uh, on our guest page, who was writing her college dissertation on uh, the gun culture. Yep. And uh, she said one of the most interesting things she realized was uh, there's no such thing. There is no the gun culture, right? right? <laughs> there's like a lot of cultures that uh, come together and the one commonality is they happen to own guns. And I think that the 2A rally is going to be a beautiful, again, a beautiful uh, demonstration of that. So um, super excited. As we start wrapping up, tell folks not only how they can uh, follow all of the things that you do, which we need another hour of the show just to probably list all the yeah. different <laughs> websites, right? Um, but also how can they uh, stay on track and follow the, you know, the pre-gaming for the uh, rally and then uh, the exciting day of, and then of course, all the, the posts that people talk about afterwards. Yeah, the, the best thing to do is if you're on Instagram, it's at 2A Rally. And then if you're on Facebook, it's Rally for Your 2A Rights. Um, obviously, all of my social media, all of the speakers are sharing the uh, event updates and it, it, we'll share all the links. It'll be widely distributed. There'll be, you know, countless at this point. I, mean, I already know from people who said, I want to broadcast it live. I want to share it. Can I do a live stream? Remember, there's no profit motive here, right? Nobody's making money. In fact, I already have, I've returned money. I've already told, because now that we don't have to have the stage and we don't have to have the sound system and all that, I've already told people who committed to our organ, organizing committee, you know, we'll give you this X amount, X amount, X amount. I've told them, hey, we don't need it this year. And like, well, uh, you know, you know, nobody ever says that, right? <laughs> nobody ever calls that. Never mind, we don't need that money. I mean, <laughs> no. give it to Second Amendment Foundation, give it to Second Amendment Organization, give it to Gun uh, you know, Policy, uh, Firearms Policy Coalition. There are plenty of great places, state level, plenty of places to put this money to really, really good use. We don't need it. The internet's free. And one of the things we're going to do is widely promulgate this. So it's not like you have to go to our website and have a passcode. It's going to be all over the place out there live. And then obviously in the aftermath as well, as we redistribute share posts. And that's really the most important thing people, most important thing that people can do is follow the speakers, follow the rally pages, 
follow the event. We still want you to click going or interested in that event on Facebook because of course that means we're going to get more organic reach through social media. It's going to let your friends know, your family know, your followers know, hey, I'm interested in this. You should be too. And here's why. And that'll help our reach as well. Um, and as for me, you know, again, Rob Pincus or Pincus Rob on all the social medias, personaldefensenetwork.com is where you go for the training information, lots of free content there and a great team of instructors. Uh, but you know, what we're talking about today really for me is that, that, that core grassroots gun rights advocacy. And if, if anything we've said, and then you know, Cheryl, you hit the nail on the head with this, we're just people and everybody's just people. If you want to be more involved, go to 2AO.org, 2AO.org. That is a great place to get advocacy advice. If you want to become a grassroots advocate, if you want to have more than just superficial talking points, if you want to get into the, the depth, and, and this information comes from a lot of people who've been doing this for a long time and doing it more than just uh, with, with rhetoric. I think discussion is so important when you're sitting in the coffee shop or you're sitting at work and 2AO.org I think does a great job of conveying that information. And the talking points are there, but the style and the, the philosophy and the, the idea of influencing people as opposed to just speaking your, your mind um, really comes across in the, the advice that's given there. And that, that's how you end up, you know, influencing at least as many people, I think, as, as you know, we might on our podcasts or on our stage speeches, things like that. Sit in that coffee shop or, or sitting in the stadium at your uh, kid's sporting event. You can have a lot of impact. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm excited. I can't wait. And the date of the actual rally, even though it's virtual, is? October 24th. And uh, the details on the live broadcast will uh, come out probably by the end of September. Plenty of time to figure it out. But it's going to be late afternoon, early evening, depending on where you are in the U.S. Uh, because it's going to be uh, virtual, we decided to push it back a little bit. We don't have to worry about daylight. We don't have to worry about traffic. We don't have to worry about, you know, uh, angst as, as the day goes on on a Saturday in any big city. There's, there's more likely to be things that are disturbing to a, pro, to a rally, you know, the protesters and things like that. So uh, now that we're virtual, we, we are going to push it into the evening uh, so that the people on the West Coast, uh, it's not early in the morning and people on the East Coast, you're not, it's not past your bedtime. We're going to find a happy medium. I think it's probably going to be about four to seven will be the, the target range we're at awesome and it's a saturday so what else you gotta do everything's closed disneyland's closed you know, it's like, <laughs> bring that up didn't you i know still morning disneyland um and you just reminded me and i'll say this and then we'll, we'll get out of here but remember last year rob that as we were starting to wind down with the rally there was some huge baseball game i think it was <laughs> It was the it was the the baseball celebration for the uh, the Washington team won uh, the the World Series and so there yeah so that actually you know that <laughs> I, it was it was yeah 250 yards from us there was a you know multi million dollar stage and the parade was ending and everything else and it was you know we could have taken the picture from an angle our crowd would look huge but. Uh -huh. uh, we should have done it. Oh, man. But just maneuvering from the Capitol lawn to where uh, drinks, because drinks were needed, you know, celebration oh, yeah. drinks. Yep. Yep. Uh, that was quite the journey. So um, anyway, we can all just virtually toast each other uh, this year. So. And we will. And we all will. Right. Thank you guys so much for helping to spread the message and for all that you guys do. You guys do so much great work. 
you know, locally, I know in your community and in your businesses and the, the way you support the gun community in Arizona and then the things you do with your podcast and DC Project Foundation and obviously now working with the rally. Just thank you guys so much. And, and I know that Cheryl, you get most of the credit, but the other guy deserves some too. Oh, thank you very much. The well, other I, guy, I get her up in the morning and get to work. So, so true. I couldn't do <laughs> one thing that I do if it weren't for all the stuff that Dan does. So thank you for saying that, yeah, Rob. I appreciate that. All, all right, Rob, you have a good day and thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. <clears throat> well, that's nice of Rob to say that. Yes, it's so true. And last week when I didn't have you here, it was so not the same kind of fun. Really? I had nobody to banter with. I had nobody to uh, pretend like I was scolding. And, so, I, uh, so no one to mess <laughs> up the lines? And no, it, it was definitely lacking without you. But so the rally, I'm so excited that they're doing it again because we weren't 100% sure last year, like, like we said at the beginning. Is it, uh, is it just kind of like, okay, it was a great event and, and never again? That would just seem so sad. And now with all of this craziness with 2020, the unrest, the COVID, the this, the that, um, it's like everything is stacked against us. But um, in true American spirit, we are forging forth with a can-do attitude and making it happen. Yeah, so we don't even have to worry. If we go to the rally, we don't have to worry about the killer hornets. Oh, my God. Murder. Murder hornets. Murder hornets. Or not killer hornets, or murder hornets. Yeah, we don't uh, have to worry about that. No, as far as I know, they're not in that area. And, and you know, but, yeah, from the comfort of our home. We're, we're all good. Actually, I think some people are going to go to their state capitol and, you know, do maybe a That'll selfie from there and good. be involved in the, the tweeting and the whatnot. So anyway, should it be does amazing. really help. I mean, so guys, if you listen to this, uh, the rally, yeah. there's going to be a lot of things that you'll learn from it and just some things that you can pass along to your friends that maybe aren't so gun friendly. It's true. Did you say if you listen? Um, when? When? when you listen. <laughs> All right, we got to go. Who are we thanking? We would like to thank our listeners and guests. Mm -hmm. You're just going to wrap them all together? Well, let's first thank our listeners. Okay, we'll do that. Whether you're listening uh, on the audio only via our website, gunfreedomradio.com, clicking the on-demand tab and... Now we will thank our guests. And... Oh, binge listen to your heart's content. Thank you. Darling. Or whether you are on our video feeds of, of our shows, which is on YouTube and Gunstreamer and on the smart app, Opslins, uh, we value your time. Yes. Thank you so much for taking <clears throat> us with you where you go and then taking the messages forward into your discussions with your family and your friends and your spheres of influence. Um, thank you. It's everything. Now let's thank our guests. Okay, go ahead. Thank you, guests. <laughs> Thanks, Thank you Rob so Pinkus. much to Thank Rob Pincus yes. uh, for all of his energy and his ideas and all that he does. He does for, have energy. For driving this uh, event uh, forward from year one to year two and pivoting and, and, and not uh, <clears throat> letting it fall by the wayside, but making it happen uh, with even with all the inconveniences and so forth. And uh, until next time. We need to pray for our nation. Indeed we do, Mr. Todd. What else do we need to do? Pray for Portland. Yeah. Okay. That's part of our nation. So I'll, I'll go along with you there. Who else? What else? Get something to eat. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. We are going to pray for the people who are in leadership positions.
whether they're acting as a leader or whether they're acting as a a ruler. Can I get back to you on that? Okay. I no, we, let's pray for them. Okay. And um, all of them. All of them, Dan. Even, Even the ones you don't like. Especially the ones you don't like. You don't like. Be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless. Bye bye.